What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we are looking at another random magic card here on Overthinking MTG. And today we are looking at Mana Vortex. Alright, Mana Vortex is an enchantment. It costs one blue-blue, and it's from the dark, by the way. Uh, I haven't read this yet, so you know it's going to be good, though, because it's just it's old school, and I love these old school cards. Okay, each player who controls land... Go ahead and appreciate that for a second. Each player who controls land sacrifices one land during his or her upkeep. At any time there are no lands in play, Mana Vortex is destroyed. If you do not sacrifice a land when Mana Vortex is cast, Mana Vortex is countered. Wait, what? Okay, let's take a look at the oracle text on this. Because I, I understand, okay, it's forcing people to sacrifice lands on on their turn. So, like, uh, I get that. And then if there are no lands in play, it's got it's gone. It's very. It reminds me very much of Pestilence, how it deals damage to creatures, and then the moment there are no creatures, it just dies. Um, it feels kind of like that, except it goes after lands, which feels really, really nasty. And also, um, not very blue. Yet, we're looking at... It's so blue, this is actually two blue pips. Um... On a three mana cost enchantment. Okay, interesting, but whatever. So let's go ahead and let's take a look at the Oracle text. When you cast this spell, counter it unless you sacrifice a land. Okay, thank you, that's it. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a land. When there are no lands on the battlefield, sacrifice Mana Vortex. Okay, so you, the caster of Mana Vortex. So I'm actually really surprised that it says, when you cast this spell, counter it unless you sacrifice a land. If they were to create this nowadays, the way that that would be worded is as an additional cost to play this spell, sacrifice a land. Now, there is a distinction between an additional cost of sacrificing a land and counter the spell unless you sacrifice a land. Because the way that works is that's actually a triggered ability on the spell, if I'm interpreting it correctly. So when this spell hits the stack, an ability triggers that says, you know, you may sacrifice a land. Do you or do you not? And then if you choose not to, uh, then Mana Vortex is countered. So that is a waste of a spell unless you're in a situation where you need to get your storm count up and for some reason you have Mana Vortex in your deck. I really, I'm, I'm at a loss for what deck would want this because land destruction decks that, you know, well, that make sure you don't get reinvited to whatever playgroup you were in when you played said land destruction deck tend not to run blue. So I'm a little bit, you know, I'm trying to figure out where this fits. Um, you know, when I think of land destruction, the first card that I think of is Zozu the Punisher, which is a mono red goblin that taxes people when they put lands in, when they put lands onto the battlefield, uh, they get dealt two damage. So he shocks people as they play lands. So a common way that people will play that deck is to destroy lands, make lands ineffective, force people to play more lands, and not execute on whatever their strategy is. So it makes sense in that case. Now, Mana Vortex, though, it's completely asymmetrical. It's forcing everybody to sacrifice a land at the beginning of their turn. So basically what you're doing is you're pumping the brakes on the progression of the game. Because at the beginning of everyone's upkeep, they need to sacrifice a land. Now, they can still play a land, however, that's a net net, that's, that, that's a net zero, that's no gain, so they don't progress into their mana curve. So never mind, I did think of the perfect place to put this. Ramp decks, uh, a ramp or landfall strategy that leverages Grow Spiral and Uro, as we, you know, I mean, fortunately Grow Spiral, I, like that ban, I cannot speak highly of it, um, 
speak highly enough of it. So, but that said, landfall strategies, you throw in Azusa, you throw in um, Tatiova, any card where, any card that allows you to get additional lands into play and cards that benefit from getting additional lands into play. So that is the one kind of loop that I can see Mana Vortex really being powerful in because you, the player who has access to all these other lands, will be able to progress further up the mana curve, whereas all your opponents are completely stuck. So that's rough. Um, and the thing is, if this red... At the beginning of each upkeep, that player sacrifices a land if they cannot sacrifice Mana Vortex. Then people would at least be able to pump the brakes, stop what they're doing, let all their lands get wiped, hold whatever lands they draw, um, and then, after they've punched you in the teeth for playing Mana Vortex, they can then play out the rest of their lands because they can effectively destroy Mana Vortex through inaction by not playing their lands. Um, so that's you know, that would work. However, this is whenever there are any lands in play. So if you have a situation where you're loading the deck full, or, you know, so if you have a deck that's 50% lands because you're doing a bunch of landfall stuff and you've got all these cards that draw you cards and then allow you to play extra land drops in a turn, holy cow, <laughs> like, it would be insane. You'd be able to completely run away with that game. I mean, that, that right there, if you can hit Azusa on turn three, Actually, let's be honest. You're going to be hitting a Birds of Paradise or an Arboreal Grazer on turn one or a Gilded Goose. And so you're going to have access to three mana on turn two. You can hit Mana Vortex down right out of the gate. And so actually, preferably Arboreal Grazer would be the one that you'd be able to hit at that point. That way you'd have an additional land onto the battlefield. You got two lands already. Hit your land drop for turn. You got three lands. You can throw Mana Vortex at that point. If you went first, all of your opponents only have two lands if they're playing on curve. Then all of a sudden, they all have to sacrifice one. They are all just dead in the water. I mean, I'm trying to think of commanders that you could actually play at that point. I mean, anything above a, any, a three drop or higher, if you hit that situation, I mean, that's the nuts with Mana Vortex. That is the kind of moment that when you hit that, your opponents just say, all right, good game, I'm out. And don't play that deck again. <laughs> so this is one of those cards that I would bet it's actually... This is one of those I bet it's worth surprisingly... A surprising high amount. Um, because stacks is unfortunately a somewhat popular playstyle. Despite being just reviled by the majority of the community. Um, yeah, it's just not fun. And that's what this allows. This, this allows ramp and landfall to turn into stacks with just one card that's nasty and when i say stacks by the way i'm referring to the play style that locks out your opponents and it's named after the card smokestack um, which is an old school card that prevents your um, i believe it prevents your opponent's lands from untapping so this goes one step further it straight up destroys them oh boy yeah mono blue land destruction I am so glad they moved away from this because blue does all the other annoying stuff too. So giving it land destruction as well. Holy cow. Yeah, get out of here with this nonsense. Um, yeah, this card is nasty in the right circumstance. But if you can't progress um, up the mana curve, if you can't take advantage of... If you cannot establish a mana advantage with this card down... So if basically, if you aren't powerful enough to fight against the the current that this 
puts onto the battlefield, then all you're doing is being a jerk and stopping everyone from playing the game. But if you can take advantage of it, and if you can get an Azusa and an Elysian Dryad and an Explorer and all these other things out that allows you to drop multiple lands and you have the lands, then all of a sudden you are able to establish an advantage that is very, very powerful and very real. And it, basically this forces your opponents to get mana screwed as long as you are designed to fight it. It's nasty. This is not, like this is so nasty. I would imagine this in Tatiova. Um, Tatiova Benthic Druid. Uh, like if you, if you have a Tatiova deck right now, Consider putting Mana Vortex into it if you're with a playgroup of people who are constantly trying to one-up each other, uh, who, who, where the, the, it can be a little contentious sometimes. That, I would say, is a good opportunity to rock Mana Vortex. If you actually enjoy uh, your friends who you play Magic with, don't touch this card. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. Your friendships are not worth playing Mana Vortex. If you think Armageddon is bad, this is even worse. Like, and yes, I personally believe that it would feel worse to sit down at a table and have somebody drop a Mana Vortex, especially if they're able to get it down early. That would feel worse than somebody wrathing the lands with an Armageddon on turn four. It would. Or actually, actually the even worse thing is if if an Armageddon were to hit on like turn 10 when everything was fully set up. Um, unless you have Mana Rocks, in which case, well, okay, I guess I'll work with these. But um, Mana Vortex, like... It does it slowly. That's the other thing that I, I think is important to talk about. When we're looking at salty cards, with like cards that you just get angry at, I personally find the cards that come out of nowhere and just like smoke me when I thought I was ahead are annoying. I don't like them, but at the same time, I can respect them and I play some of those cards. So who am I to complain? The ones that like eke out a slow advantage over time, those are the ones that really piss me off. If you ever have hung out on my stream before, you have heard heard me uh look at an opponent who was rocking like five planeswalkers and you've heard me make the comment well it's going to take them a half an hour to beat me so i guess we might as well just concede here um because that tends to be the case now if they have five planeswalkers maybe not but if they have two like they'll get an insurmountable they can get an insurmountable um, amount of advantage on me but it takes forever for the game to to grind to a close and uh that i find far saltier than just getting blown out out of nowhere um you know that's the thing when we, people were complaining about dream trawler when that first came out which by the way uh it's actually still really freaking good and standard legal just throwing that out there but anyway like uh, dream trawler was like enemy number one for a minute there and i remember just thinking well that's a control finisher that has the decency of beating me to death pretty quickly <laughs> um unlike Things like Nick, Nickel Bolas, the Dragon God. That Planeswalker takes freaking forever to grind the game out. And that's... I love Grixis. I have a lot of fun uh, Grixis memories. But they were all using big creatures that could end the game quickly. Um, anyway, so this is... That's kind of my thought when it comes to these cards that do things that are widely hated. And Land Destruction is like tip-top of that list. You know, Land Destruction... And locking people out of playing spells with one in one way or another, just yeah, that's a great way to alienate all of your friends. So definitely check this out. I'm gonna go take a look at the price on this thing. I'm just intrigued because it's one of two things. Like on the secondary market for Mana Vortex is either through the roof because supply is so low and it's a unique, interesting effect that some people want to get their hands on, or it's worth absolutely nothing because. 
it's a feel bad card in a color combination that doesn't really work. Um, except like I'm saying in landfall strategies. So I don't know. I think there's something there. Anyway, thanks for hanging out, everybody. I appreciate you. Uh, you can catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. You can also catch me on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast feed. Uh, I put down a number of videos, and I'm starting to also put my uh, stream videos uh, up there as well. So if you missed the stream, you can catch it there. And uh, I hope you are having a fantastic day, night, whenever it is that you're listening to this. And I look forward to catching you next time. <laughs>